welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess evil coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. How are all my pod people out there in podcast land doing? Hopefully you're getting ready for a fabulous February full of bloody hearts and chocolates. But that's still not for a couple weeks. But it's never too early to start planning. <laughs> if you have any really good Valentine's Day plans or movies or traditions that you feel like sharing... Feel free to message me on any of my socials, and all that info is over at evilqueensf.com. But for tonight, how about we just plan on some quick reflections, shall we? <laughs> quick reflection number one is Boltneck from 2000. Now this one stars a young Ryan Reynolds, as well as one of the younger Lawrence brothers. Whoa! It's kind of an ABC family Disney version of the Frankenstein story, but set in high school. So think Clueless meets Frankenstein. Yeah. It was not terrible, but it wasn't great. The story was good. There are a couple storylines I would have scrapped. But I was never bored. So I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. So I give Boltneck from 2000, 7.5 out of 10, Surprising Drag Queens. Oh. <laughs> Quick reflection number two is Death Moon from 1978. It's a 70s made-for-TV movie that had a good idea and then didn't execute it properly at all. The whole Hawaiian curse that's triggered when he comes back to the island was good, and if they used like the tiki god and the backstory more, it could have worked, but no. And also, the werewolf's look was awful. But there were some hot guys in short shorts, so that kinda helped. <laughs> So I give Death Moon from 1978 3 out of 10 bald, four-headed werewolves. <laughs> well, that's enough quick reflections. I know, only two. Sue me. <laughs> How about we jump into tonight's main feature? Tonight, I am reviewing Ghoulies from 1985. So we have a cold open on little slimy, hairy creatures that I'm guessing are the Ghoulies. <laughs> or a few of my exes. Oh. <laughs> And they are standing around a satanic ceremony with a bunch of people in white hooded robes. Uh, no, not that kind. <laughs> then enters our head satanist guy in black robes with his face covered and horns on his head. Then he rips off his mask and it's Murdoch! <laughs> uh, well, if you were obsessed with the TV show MacGyver like I was, you knew this actor as a recurring villain on MacGyver as Murdoch, which was a role he was born to play. But back to black-clad Satanist Murdoch. He rips off his mask with his fingerless gloves, and he has these cool, glowing green eyes. He says a lovely little incantation as one of the white-clad Satanists brings a small bundle wrapped in black. Hmm, I wonder what it is. Oh no, it's a child. Ugh. Oh, but he's going to stab it with a cool silver knife. Oh, but one of the white-clad Satanists recognizes the baby's cry. I'm guessing it's mother. And she pulls off her robe and looks distraught, and just as he's about to plunge the dagger into the child, she stops him. Yippee! Suplex! Donem! Honorem! No! You promised! You promised not a child! Oh, he is the one. So he uses some magic to make her put the baby back on the altar, 
and he goes to touch the baby, and bad electric CGI crackles. Very much like when the Wicked Witch tries to touch the ruby slippers when they were on that murdering shoe thief Dorothy. <laughs> so he orders that the baby be taken away forever. But you promised blood would flow, Murdoch. Uh, liar. <laughs> so another white robe person takes his hood off and takes the baby away and out of the mansion that they're in. Which is oddly familiar. Why? Because it's a filming location called Wattles Mansion, and it's been in a few movies, including The Queen of the Damned, Vampire at Midnight, Knock Knock 2, and my personal favorite, Troop Beverly Hills. <laughs> As he turned my chair around to face the mirror, I saw it. He permed me! As the guy takes the baby away, Murdoch kills the woman as the little ghoulies help hold her down. Now the credit scene, over some interesting music that almost sounds like Beetlejuice music. After the credits, it's daylight at the mansion, and we get a little narration from the guy who saved the baby. The child had been saved, so it seemed. And I vowed that he would never know the evil from whence he was spawned. And when his father finally died a horrible death, I felt sure that the curse had passed forever. And the baby's all grown up, and he's here at the mansion with his girlfriend, and he just inherited the mansion, that he didn't know about and they are walking the grounds and find a grave ooh fun i've always wanted to live near or next to a cemetery and not one of those shitty flat headstone cemeteries but one with those massive headstones and big trees and heirloom rose bushes and big iron gates Ugh, dream <sighs> anyway back at the mansion our main guy jonathan graves great name He's kind of cute, but he also has a little bit of stank face, but he's got a good body and great hair, so it's fine. Then we meet the groundskeeper, Wolfgang. He was the guy who saved Jonathan as a baby. Inside the house, they are in a gorgeous little library full of magic books. Also another dream of mine. <laughs> you read all these books? Your dad? Yeah, I guess so. The secret world of magic? The black magic ritual? The grimoire of Abra Malik? So they start to clean the place up because I guess they're going to live there? I, I don't know. As they are cleaning, Jonathan seems to be guided to a specific room and he finds interesting markings on the floor and a fancy chest with his father's ceremonial robes and another book full of magic symbols and stuff. Oh, I love it. I want it every day. Cut to later that night over glasses of, I guess, wine, even though it looks like Hawaiian punch to me. But anyway, Jonathan is reading his little magic book and his girlfriend Rebecca suggests that they throw a party for some of their friends. And immediately it's party time. As the guests start to arrive, two guys on a four-wheeler show up. And even when I was younger, I used to get the gayest vibes off of these two. I don't know why. Anyway, this party is awesome 80s-tastic. 
Some of these outfits are amazing and the guests seem nuts, especially Dick. So, uh, who's your beautiful friend? I'm Donna. They call me Dick, but you can call me Dick. Later that night, after most of the guests have left and it's the main crew of friends, Donna, Mark, Dick, Robin, the two gay guys, Mike and Eddie, and Rebecca and Jonathan, and they all want to do something. So Jonathan suggests they do a ritual. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> so they go down to the basement, drink some more wine, draw a circle, and they're going to conjure a creature. So Jonathan starts the ritual and gets really serious about it. And the guests aren't really taking it that seriously. And then, 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 uh, nothing happens and they give up. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah, let's go get another beer. <laughs> nice try, John. Where's Robin? I don't know. Maybe the toad monster got her. I don't think that's very funny. Well, she's not the kind who would just leave. Honey, I think we better go to fun. Yeah, come on. No, no, wait. I, I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> <Stairs>. <laughs> They cut back to the basement, and look, it did work, and a little hairy, slimy ghoulie appears. Aww. This is where things start to go a bit weird. The two gay guys are going searching for the girl Robin who left the ritual circle early, and they get to a room with this cool Harlequin doll clown thing just sitting in a chair in the room. They don't see Robin in the room, but then they make my gaydar twitch again. <laughs> I don't think she's in here. Well, I don't think so either. <laughs> hey, let's check out the closet. <laughs> nope, just the clown in the closet that was sitting in the chair behind them? What? Uh, anyway. So Jonathan and Mark find Robin out in the garden down by the grave in a kind of trance, and then nothing happens. The next morning, Jonathan tells Rebecca he's decided to drop out of college to fix up the mansion. So Rebecca leaves for class, and Jonathan starts, quote-unquote, cleaning. What the hell was Wolfgang doing all these years? This place is a wreck. What a terrible groundskeeper. But I guess groundskeeper don't take care of the house? I don't know. I don't have a mansion and a groundskeeper. Fuck. Uh, but then Jonathan stops cleaning, and we get a little info from Wolfgang. And so it had begun. The evil one willing the boy on, using the boy's curiosity as a powerful weapon. I could but sit and wait, gripped by the fear of events foreshadowed. So Jonathan starts playing with the magic stuff inside the chest again and draws out a big, more detailed circle on the floor this time, then starts doing some blacksmithing and makes a gold talisman for Rebecca for protection, and he tells her to never take it off. Later that night, Jonathan is out by the grave, shaking and shivering and looking terrible, and Rebecca wants him to come in for dinner, but he says he's fasting. How 2020 of him. <laughs> and she leaves... And later, he's out by the fountain in his father's robes with a chalice and a spear doing some sort of incantation, summoning the creature of the water. Ooh. And his eyes glow green for just a second. 
and up out of the water pops the little bald-headed ghoul from the cover art of the VHS. Then another out of the dirt, and then another out of the tree, and then another out of some webs. Now, I know these little creatures are kind of hokey and hand puppety, but I loved them in the 80s, especially the little bald ones, so, you know, live with it. So Jonathan welcomes them to the world, and he is their master, and that they can hang out on the grounds, but no one else can see them but him. Little side note about the ghoulies cover art with the little bald ghoulie popping out of the toilet. Apparently a lot of mothers complained about this poster because a bunch of kids refused to use the toilet after seeing the poster. <laughs> kids are so dumb. <laughs> Cut to the next day and Jonathan has cleaned up the basement a lot. And now Jonathan is doing a bunch more rituals, trying to get more power. And then it starts storming inside. I mean, that's not good for your floor. And Jonathan is just cackling, and oops, he gets caught by Rebecca. Jonathan? What are you doing? Rebecca. You're home early. Would you please tell me what's going on here? Oh, no. Don't change for me. I will leave you here to do whatever it is you're doing, and I will go upstairs and make dinner for myself. You're not even eating these days. No, Becky. Wait. No, don't. What the hell's going on here, Jonathan? You tell me that you want to drop out of school so that you can fix up the house. Right? Right. So I come home and I find you in the middle of I don't even know what. Why'd you lie to me? I didn't lie to you. I have been working on the house. That's all I've been doing. I got sidetracked. Ooh, bedroom scene with Jonathan and his little white boxers. And, oh, look, a red rope tied on the bedpost. I wonder what that's for. <laughs> so they start messing around as the ghoulie is under the bed and it's doing magic in a circle. And Jonathan starts chanting, but Rebecca stops him. You bastard. Becky. No, that's it. I've had it. Listen. No, you listen to me. I've had it with your black magic, your rituals, your lies, everything. Goodbye, Jonathan. So what does he do? Does he stop doing magic? No, of course not. He dives head first and summons more beans. These two are two little people in kind of knight peasant outfits. He swears them to be obedient to him. And they say yes, but they seem a little shady about it. But they seem okay for now. Sometime later, Rebecca shows up at the house trying to get Jonathan to leave with her. But he's in too deep, so she rips the, her talisman off and goes to leave, and then the little people use their magic to make her stay. Yay, we get more narration. The evil one had him now. The things that would be unleashed that night were to be horrific. And I was powerless to stop it. Okay, so before we get into the dinner scene, let's talk about something I found out about this movie. So this movie was supposed to be a mix of 3D and 2D. And every time someone in the movie put on sunglasses, that was when you were supposed to put on the 3D glasses. But it got too complicated, so they didn't do it. But you will still notice a lot of random sunglass wearing in this movie. I think they should have tried to do it. I think that would have been really cool. Whatever. Now to the dinner scene. This scene always kind of reminds me of the dinner table scene in another one of my favorite horror movies, April Fool's Day. But I love this scene a lot because of, one, Rebecca's outfit, 
and her necklace, which I want. If anybody out there knows where it is, I want it. Um, and all the friends are wearing sunglasses at dinner, of course. On the dinner table, as organ music is playing, all the ghoulies are there eating unnoticed by the guests, and the water ghoulie is in the soup, and it's such a fun scene. Then a toast, and all the guests go into a trance, and then the ritual starts. But outside, the grave starts smoking and shaking, and at the height of the ritual, everyone and everything is screaming, and a corpse jumps out of the grave, and oh look, it's Satanist Murdoch. <laughs> And boom, they're all back around the dinner table, like nothing happened. So it's time to go to bed. So of course the gay guys are going to spend the night in the wine cellar together. Mm -hmm. And we see Satanist Murdoch walking around the grounds, interacting with the ghoulies, looking rough. Oh, I mean, he was dead. Children, your true master has returned. And tonight you will do my bidding. Uh-oh, I guess the ghoulies aren't as loyal as you might hope. Cut to Dick and Robin getting busy in the room with the clown, and then Don and Mark are out in the garden being awkward with each other. The gay guys are inside getting drunk laying all over each other. Then stuff starts popping off as the ghoulies attack Mark and Don down by the fountain. Bye-bye awkward couple. Then Dick needs to get some water because, you know, Robin must have dehydrated him a bit. <laughs> I know I would. He's pretty hot. And as he's going down the stairs... He turns the corner, and we think he's going to see Satanist Murdoch, but no, it's sexy cougar in a hot dress. Who are you? Come here. No doubt about it, Mr. Dick. You are a lucky guy. And it's very Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and the cougar's tongue flies out and strangles Dick, then she turns back into Satanist Murdoch. Bye-bye, Dick. And then, you know, also something-something, Dick got tongued something-something. <laughs> Use your imaginations. Jonathan does something weird with Rebecca and puts her protective amulet back on and puts her into bed, then goes to meditate with his green eyes. Cut to the one gay guy looking for matches, and he gets a bat to the head from the little people. Bye-bye, gay guy number one. And then the other gay guy goes looking for him, but he only finds the little people. And they throw a ghoulie at his face. Bye-bye, gay guy number two. And then Robin tries to run out of her room, but the clown stops her and rips off the mask to reveal a big green lizard ghoulie that we have not seen yet or will see again. Oh, well. Bye-bye, Robin. Then Satanist Murdoch calls all his children to him, which include all the ghoulies and the dead friends in various states of decay and bloody gore which is actually a great effect. Then Rebecca wakes up and takes off her talisman, of course, and immediately falls down the stairs and dies. Ugh, so dumb. But Jonathan says he can save her because he has the power. So he carries her down to the altar and doesn't notice all the bloody white robed bodies at first. And he can't find his robe. Huh, I wonder why. Then he does notice the bodies and takes their hoods off and it's all his friends dead. And out comes his father, Satanist Murdoch, flanked by the two little people. Aren't you going to greet your father? You did my bidding well, John. Mm. We're so great. You tricked me. I'm your master. No! I am the master. I own them as I now own you. 
Mina! <laughs> Where are your gods now? They too are mine. Not bad. Although at your age I was much better. should have happened 25 years ago will happen now. I will have your youth, Jonathan. Ah, so this was all about being younger. Well, honestly, of all the ways to have eternal youth, this one seems a bit complicated, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I use a really good night cream and sacrifice the virgins on full moons, but I guess everyone is different. <laughs> you are my life! I will have my life. Kiss me, my son. Kiss me. Let me drain the life from your lips. So now the showdown between good and evil, red flashes, orange lightning, and Wolfgang shows up to help in his fancy blue robes and pink flashes of power. And then the house starts to crumble and shake and Wolfgang and Satanist Murdoch vanish in a flash of power. Then all of Jonathan's friends come back to life and they all run to their cars and drive away as the little people wave goodbye from the back door. On the road in the car with Jonathan and Rebecca and randomly Mike and a bunch of ghoulies. The end. Now it's time for the mummy list. Best kill. I guess best kill would have to be when the two little people throw the ghoulie at gay guy number two's face. Or the clown lizard creature, but we never get to see him actually kill Robin. We just see the aftermath. So I'm going to go with the gay guy and the ghoulie in the face kill. Yes. Okay, so this is a quick edit. Uh, I was wrong. The first two kills are not the best kill. The best kill, obviously, was Mr. Dick getting tongued to death by the cougar. <laughs> okay, that's all. Number two, hottest guy, would have to be Dick for sure. Number three, pick two other movies to go with this one to make the perfect new movie night. Well, for sure, April Fool's Day. And maybe Critters? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Best Scare. Oh, I'm sorry. Number four, Best Scare. The Clown in the Closet. Gets me every time. Number five, if it doesn't already have a sequel, would you want one? It actually has three sequels, though honestly, I've only watched the first sequel and part of the third, and they just don't have the same hit as this first one. But maybe the fourth one would, since the original Jonathan comes back, but I don't know. I'll get to it one day. <laughs> Number six, special effects rating. Well, hmm. The blood and gore of the dead people were great, but the ghoulies, you know, they had their moments, but for the most part, they look like hand puppets. Eh. Kill count. Now, I think this is technically only three. Jonathan's mother and father and Wolfgang, since everyone else came back to life, right? I think. What made evil laugh? Uh, the ghoulie in the soup pot, of course. <laughs> Best dressed. I'm gonna say Rebecca at the dinner party scene or Robin at the first party. She was 80s-tastic. Uh, number 10. Worst dressed. Hmm. I'm gonna say Mark. He was a little too nerdy for me. 
Number 11, Parent's Guide of Profanity from IMDb. Now this one's pretty mild. Two uses of Jesus Christ, one use of bastard, three uses of shit, and five uses of hell. Oh my. <laughs> Number 12, Unanswered Questions. Why didn't Wolfgang destroy Satanist Murdoch's body? Why didn't he warn Jonathan about everything? Why didn't he get rid of all the magic stuff in the house that he was groundskeeper of? What was that red rope for? Why was the ending so abrupt and short? And then what happened to that awesome necklace in the movie? I want it. <laughs> now, number 13, my favorite question. How to make this movie a drinking game? Well, take a drink every time someone puts on sunglasses. Take a drink every time you see a ghoulie. And then take a shot every time Wolfgang just shows up. <laughs> well, that was Ghoulies from 1985. Now, this will always be one of my favorite horror movies, mostly for nostalgia's sake. Back before streaming and back before DVDs and back before blockbusters, there were little independent video rental places that we would go to on Friday night to get a couple movies. And the cover art pulled me to this one on more than one occasion. And I eventually got a copy taped off TV onto a VHS that I watched ad nauseum. But I still love this movie. So I give Ghoulies from 1985 9 out of 10 ball-headed ghoulies. <laughs> well, that's enough creature feature campy satanic 80s horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. Oh, thank God. I thought that you really hurt yourself. <laughs>